0: Amen. Well good morning. Again my name is Gus and I work with the college students here. Uh, so obviously when you let the college guy take the pulpit lots of technology goes down. We don't know what's going on. We had to find a hymnal somewhere. I didn't know we still had one of those. Um, so at least it's a good day. Uh, but as Brother Jeff said I do feel a little bit uh, had. I expected a little bit of a smaller crowd. and I didn't expect him to be here so I had to cut half my jokes out this morning. So you'll have to bear with me a little bit this morning. But as I got to thinking about how to start the year Uh, Our college students just walked through 1 John, and 1 John is talking about living the real life, living the life for Christ, and what that looks like. And it's written to a bunch of house churches of Jewish believers. And a lot of what he talks about here, we're going to be looking in chapter 2, and it's talking about the new commandment. And it's not necessarily new because you know it before. And I think looking at most of us in this room, we all know what the commandment is. We know about loving God and loving others. And I want to take a minute to encourage you all this morning, because Parkway is probably the most loving church I've ever been a part of. Somebody's already mentioned it this morning. How welcoming and friendly we are, how much you guys just welcome new people in. And I can say that from personal experience. Many of you may not know I was a college student here at Parkway. Uh, I came as a lowly uh, sophomore, didn't really have a lot of connections here, knew one friend, and then walked out with a church family that I truly called home, even after I went to seminary in Texas. And then God has blessed me with the privilege to come back here and come back with my wife, Emily, who is just getting to know all of you and getting to learn how welcoming and loving you all are. And so, as I will say much more later, I would not be where I am today without a lot of the encouragement and support and love from all of you. So I want to take a minute to encourage you in that. And the reason I'm talking about this this morning is probably mostly talking to myself. I think God's trying to challenge me a little this morning. But then also just to challenge us to not get complacent, not to stay where we are. There's always room for us to grow in how we can love other people. And I think that's why our church motto is love God, love Auburn, and love the nations. We're here to love people. We're here to love our community. And we're here to love the nations. And I think that's something that Parkway does really, really well. And I just want to encourage us and challenge us this morning to continue on in that. So as we look, uh, if you'll turn with me to First John chapter 2, and we will look at verse 7 and following. So John writes, beloved, I am writing you no new commandment, but an old commandment that you had from the beginning. The old commandment is the word that you have heard, and at the same time it is a new commandment that I am writing to you, which is true in him, Jesus, and in you, because the darkness is passing away and the true light is already shining. Whoever says he is in the light and hates his brother is still in darkness, and whoever loves his brother abides in the light, and in him there is no cause for stumbling. But whoever hates his brother is in the darkness and walks in the darkness and does not know where he is going, because the darkness has blinded his eyes." So as we look, the whole purpose, as I said, of 1 John is living the real life, living the true life, and he has two messages. To begin with, he starts with this idea of God is light, and then in the latter half of the book, he talks about God is love, and I love this passage because it really pulls together both of those ideas, walking in the light and what that looks like, and it's loving others as ourselves, loving God as well. So where we see these two messages come together today, and we're looking at this new commandment, Again, John's talking to Jewish believers. This is nothing new to them. They had the Old Testament. They had the law. They had the prophets, all those things. And it's similar to us. This message isn't new to us. I don't think I walked up here and said we have to love God and love others, and anybody in the room was just totally shocked over that. I think you know it just like they did. But there are reasons to where we can look at it as a new idea for us today. And John pulls that out as being the idea of God and Christ and Christ's example that he set for us. But let's look at it. And first, I think it needs to be new to us in priority. I think we need to look at our priorities for the year. So as we want to be encouraged and not grow complacent, many of you have been great examples uh, to me of how to walk in the light and how to show true Christian love. I think our college students got a little tired of walking through this series I tended to point back to some of you. I use some of you by name. I use some of you as classes or examples as to how you've loved me, to how you've loved me and my wife, how you've loved our college students. Many of you go out of the way to adopt our college students who are just here for a short transient time. You truly know how to love other people. It is our priority here as a church, so how can we intentionally keep that going in the next year? I think one way is we do have a wonderful ministry here with college students, and I'm a little biased because that is my ministry. But the nations literally come to Auburn, Alabama to come to school here. We have a unique opportunity to reach those people by just being a loving and open church. I think it was said to us when we had uh, some guest speakers a while back that many international students never get invited into an American home when they're here. It's just simple, practical ways that we as a church can love on both the nations and our community here together. So as we look at our new priority this year, For this year, um, John pulls out this commandment from all the others. So if you look back in John chapter 2 at the beginning, he's talking about loving God, and Christ is our advocate, Jesus being our advocate if we sin. And then how do we love God? We keep his commandments. And many of you know in the Old Testament there's tons of commandments, there's tons of laws, there's tons of rules, and tons of things there. But John is pulling this out to the forefront for emphasis, and I think John does this for two ways, or for two reasons, I'm sorry. One of which is, it's important for us to live the daily life. I think John is trying to encourage them to be loving. But also, because Jesus did it as well. In Matthew 22, the Pharisees asked Jesus what the greatest commandment was, and he responded to, love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. And finally, the greatest commandment is, or, and then like that, is the second, love your neighbor as yourself. So we see this idea of loving God and loving others. All of the other law and prophets depend on these two commandments, Jesus says. So it has to be our foundation for our Christian life. Jesus knows this and wants us to obey God and follow his guidance because we love him, not because of rules or fear of punishment, right? So there are tons of different ways to motivate people. When I graduated from Auburn, I graduated with a psychology degree. We talk about different ways of motivation. And obviously fear rules all those things, right? I don't get out in my car and speed and drive 150 miles an hour down University Loop like some of the other people uh, that are here in town do because I'm scared of A, wrecking, and B, getting a big ticket that I can't afford to pay. Many of you are the same way, right? But as believers, we see all those people around us in a different light. We don't want to break these laws even if we see them as trivial because we love and care about other people. We put other people before ourselves and our needs and what we think is important. And Jesus pulls this commandment out to the forefront so that it can change our entire lives. It changes our entire experience because we see other people for who God sees them, sees them as worth and valuable because of who God is, not because of anything that we have done. And this all goes back to the gospel, right? So the gospel of Jesus is the gift of Jesus Christ to die on the cross for us and our sins, even though we we're unworthy of that gift. We've done nothing to deserve it. Similar is how we should treat those around us. We should treat those around us in a way that God wants us to treat them. We should love them well because of who they are in Christ, not because of anything they've done for us or against us. So this morning, showing love to God and showing love to others must be our priority. Secondly, and I will say here, I don't really have a fun three-point sermon. I guess I'm not a very good Baptist, or I just haven't taken preaching class yet, so you'll have to bear with me. I don't have all the fun notes in your bulletins and things like that, but when we move from it being our priority, well, how does it become our priority? What does that look like? And I think John here moves to the example of Jesus. So if you look with me, Uh, in verse 8 it says at this time it is a new commandment that I'm writing to you which is true in him and in you so it's true because of Jesus the true light is now shining which is always a reference back to Jesus so John tells us that his commandment is new in Jesus and in his example and this example was foreign to those around him right so we look in the gospel at Jesus's life his life ministry all everything that he did was marked by love people flocked to Jesus in droves because of how he loved other people And it opened up so many doors for Jesus and the disciples to share the gospel with others, to share about who Jesus is with others. We cannot live the Christian life and love other people well without the power of the Holy Spirit inside of us. John is writing this to believers, and he's writing this to believers because we have to have the power of the Holy Spirit and the example of Jesus to be able to do this well. Again, I want to encourage you, as Parkwood Baptist Church, I think we do a wonderful job of loving those around us. You do a great job of loving those inside the church with us. There's not a lot of drama or back and forth, just about trivial things, which is such a blessing to me to be able to serve a church that is that way. And I'm sure all the other staff would say the same thing. But again, we can't just say that we've made it and stop moving forward. We can't stop growing and not trying to learn every day. So the college students, luckily many of them aren't here today to get the groan from the other side of the room. But I tend to say you have to relearn the gospel to yourself every day. I think as believers, we tend to get in a rut of the gospel is for unbelievers to become believers, right? So this is how you get saved, which is very true. That's a large part of the gospel in and of itself. But it's also for us to learn from each and every day. As I mentioned earlier, the undeserving gift that we got from Jesus is how we are to love others. And if we don't look at that example first, we're never going to be able to love others well. So not only do we have the example of Jesus, we also have the power of the Holy Spirit, which we talked about. The Spirit works in many ways in our lives and in many ways in Scriptures. We see large, miraculous events, like in Acts chapter 2, when fire came down and tongues of fire and um, the wind swept everywhere and you're speaking in tons of languages. As far as I know, I'm only speaking in English today and I'm probably butchering English. Um, So we don't see that here, but what we do see is the power of the spirit in our daily lives. And John writes about this in his gospel two ways, and it's the spiritual gifts and abilities that he gives us to do ministry and to do life. Many of you've heard about the spiritual gifts and spiritual abilities and things of that. And the other is the Spirit is there as an advocate to be our reminder and our teacher. So I don't know about you, uh, but I tend to be very forgetful. I need a reminder all the time, much like the Israelites in the Old Testament. I need the Spirit to remind me of all the wonderful things God has done for me in my life. And in doing so, in reminding me, it reminds me how I should treat other people. It reminds me how I should be towards other people. Many of you have been such a great influence in my life, and I feel like I have let some of you down when I'm not such a great influence in your life and in those around you as well. And so that reminder that the Spirit gives us is such a powerful tool to help us to show other people the love that we deserve, or the love that they deserve, I apologize. Secondly, it teaches us new things. So the Spirit is there to teach us all things, right? It's to help us understand Scripture, And if we're not spending our time daily in the word and learning from God to grow each and every day, we're going to eventually hit the plateau. So I did some youth ministry before I came back to do college ministry, and the big thing that every student uh, leader will tell you is there's the camp high, and then there's the low two weeks after. And then hopefully you get some people on that plateau for about two months where they stay on the camp high, and then they fall off. While that's the way of life, right? We all walk up and down and the journey is highs and lows. We can't allow ourselves to stay on a plateau or going downward. Scripture is clear that we're either growing towards Christ or we're falling away from him, right? And so how of a better way to start the new year than to start with the idea and mindset of I'm going to grow in my relationship with Christ. I'm gonna grow in my ability to love other people each and every day from here on out. So as we start 2023, we see that the idea of loving God and loving others should be our priority. It's new in priority for us. It's new in example for us through the example of Jesus and through the gift of the Holy Spirit. And then as we transition, I want to encourage us to walk in the light. John gives this whole big analogy of walking in the light, keeping God's commands and and loving other people well. And I think it's encouraging when we look at this to see why we would live in the light. It sounds good. It sounds catchy to say we live in the light. But by living in the light, we can avoid stumbling and causing others to stumble. John is encouraging his readers to live a life that will not cause those around us to stumble. Instead, he wants us to lift each other up. And seeing others in a loving way will change all of our actions and our experiences. Will cause us to live a life not causing people to stumble, but to uplift them. It's bad enough that living in our own hatred and darkness can cause harm to ourselves, but it can also cause harm to those around us. Many of you have heard the analogy that one bad piece of fruit causes the whole bowl uh, to spoil. I've seen that in my own experience. I'm sure many of you have as well. And so I want our challenge to be, as individuals, that we're trying to uplift the entire body. We're trying to do all we can to help those around us I'm sure many of you know I am much younger in life than some of you, that the journey walking with Christ is difficult. Staying on the right path is challenging, and we were never meant to do the Christian walk alone. So that's why we have each and every one of you. That's why we have the church, those believers around us, to help encourage us and spur us on to stay in the good fight. How many of you have gotten up in the middle of the night to try to go to the bathroom and you don't want to turn the lights on because then you're just really, really awake and you're kind of stumbling around in the dark. I like to think I have a good photographic memory until I fall over everything on the way and I should have just turned the light on anyway. But when it's my own room, my own house, I kind of know where things are, right? But when you get a whole bunch of people in your house also stumbling around in the dark, it gets tricky quickly. So there's a youth game that... I didn't know anything about until I got to my first church in Texas. And basically, they called it murder in the dark, Um, but basically it's just utter chaos with the lights off. Um, One person, it's kind of like mafia, one person is trying to go around and uh, tap people on the shoulder and then you fall out on the floor. And then somebody else is trying to figure out who is doing that, right? But magically, something always got broken. And there was a rule, and I, again, I didn't realize this, at many of the adults' houses that we went to, that that game was outlawed. And I figured out why. Just, we kept breaking so much stuff at all their houses. <laughs> but the reason for that is it's people stumbling around in the dark, and it's more than one of us. We would have up to 30 students in a room with the lights off falling over furniture and couches and lamps and everything else. And when I think about that, that's the spiritual analogy that John's trying to give us here. If we're all just stumbling around in the dark with nowhere to go, we don't know what's going on, we're all going to keep tripping each other up. We're all going to make each other stumble and fall more and more. But the more that each one of us loves God, follows his commandments, loves other people, and lives in the light, the more we can help others. There's a wonderful uh, story that I'm sure is made up, but I read it in one of my uh, commentaries as I was preparing for this, about a blind gentleman who was walking walking down the road with a flashlight. And finally, many of you probably like me when I'm reading this thinking, why does he have a flashlight? He doesn't need it. Finally, somebody asked him, why do you carry a flashlight? He said, I don't carry the flashlight for me. I carry the flashlight to keep other people from falling over me. (laughs) Man, that makes wonderful sense. I'm going to start carrying a flashlight now, not because I can't see very well, but just to help other people. I think about my granddad and my great granddad who always had tools in their car, When we cleaned out uh, my granddad's car after he passed away, we found uh, tire wrenches, like lug wrenches, for like eight different sizes of lugs. And none of them fit his car except for one. Why did he have them all? Because he would stop on the side of the road and help others. He was prepared for that. And when I think about it in my own spiritual life and when I think about it in my own walk, am I truly prepared to help other people as I go along the way? Do I make that a priority in my life to think, how can I help someone else? And just a simple task of changing a tire. I don't even know where the Tyrone is in my truck for my own truck. I'm hoping AAA can find it when they, call, when they show up. But just little simple things like that that we don't ever think about. that was such a difference in generations, uh, even for me. And luckily, so many of our college students, myself, a lot of our younger people here in the church, we have such a great example set by so many of you at Parker Baptist Church. And I really mean that from the bottom of my heart. I do not know where I would be today without the love and encouragement that you all have shown me, that you show my wife. Even when I wasn't here on staff, when I wasn't Bobby's intern, not even now as the college minister, but in between time, I got letters, I got text messages, I got gift packages, I got tons of things from you at seminary. And I was so thankful that you were loving and praying for me. Our college students, whether they say it out loud or not, are truly changed by the fact that you do love them. You pray over them. And I know many of you do that. When you stop them in the hall and take a minute to just encourage them and engage with them, they love it. They feel like it's a church home here. We have a watch care program that uh, hopefully Brother Jeff can explain a little better than me. Um, But it's for those who are just transient through. So like our college students, and you can be everything but a voting member of Parkway. And I got asked this last semester, why on earth would I do that? I can do everything that I do without that which is very true. But I had another student come to me who has joined by WatchCare and say the reason they joined by WatchCare is because they wanted to be truly identified with Parkway Baptist Church because of the loving nature that each and every one of you show on a daily basis. That's so meaningful to me to hear college students say that because all too often in churches, college students are the ones who are left behind. They're here, then they leave, you we really see them again. Let's be honest, none of us write really big checks. Um, so we're just here. But being a part of a church that truly takes time to love and encourage those students, takes time to offer to take them out to eat, to adopt them and make them a part of your family, all that is truly showing the love of Christ to those students. And I'm so thankful for that. We had more families show up than I had college students for to adopt this year. And I haven't talked to Dick, but I don't think that's ever happened. I was overwhelmed by the amount of love and support you all poured out for those college students. And there's no way that I could ever be able to thank you for that. But as we look at loving God and loving others well, again, encouragement that you already are loving others well and challenge that we can grow together in this, keep challenging those around you Keep encouraging us. Keep helping lift each other up. We're all, as I said, walking through difficult times that we may or may not know about. On staff, I feel like I probably should know a lot more than I do, and I feel bad at times when I come up and ask you how you're doing, and I talk to you for a few minutes, and you're smiling, and I'm just sad to be here early in the morning on a Sunday, and then I walk over and somebody else says, did you hear about so-and-so? Did you hear everything that's going on? And I had no idea, because you all have such a smiling face, and you're all worried about encouraging me on a Sunday morning when it should be the other way around. So thank you for loving us. Thank you for loving us as a staff. Thank you for loving me personally. And thank you for giving me such a great example to show to the college students of how to love those around us. We can all disagree. We don't have to perfectly agree on everything, as many of us do not. But as long as we have our centered foundation on Jesus... John's saying that's what's important. As we read through 1 John, he says there will be deceivers that come. There will be outsiders who try to come in and lead you astray. But the number one mark that he says to look for is look for what they believe about Jesus and how they treat other people and how they love other people. So as we go throughout 2023, I hope that your lives will continue to be marked by love for God and love for others. And I hope that we can truly live out the church motto of loving God, loving Auburn, and loving the nations. I never want us to grow complacent and stop growing, stop encouraging, and stop challenging one another to move on and fight the good fight. If we do our best to diligently strive towards the love of God and to see others as more than ourselves, We will continue to walk in the light and continue to be a church that not only reaches our community, but reaches the nations and does the work of God everywhere that we move. I don't want to see us grow into darkness and stumble around and become the laughing stock of churches here in town. But because I know each and every one of you, I am encouraged to move into 2023 with more of a loving attitude and more of a loving heart for others because of the way that many of you have loved me and because of the example that you have given. So thank you, continue to love on our college students, continue to love on one another and continue to challenge me to be a more loving person. And I think my wife would agree that that's always a good thing for me. So this morning, uh, as we close in prayer, thank you so much for listening to me this morning. I know that I may have been short and brief, but I really feel like I'm preaching to the choir. I feel like I'm preaching more to myself than I am to any of you this morning on how to love people and love God more. So let's pray together. Father, thank you so much for a church that truly knows how to love other people, that truly knows what it's like to follow your commands and to just run headlong after you. Allow us, as we begin 2023, to start off with our priorities in the right place so that we can truly seek your face and seek to love others just as you do. Thank you again for the opportunity to stand here and not to have to say anything negative, Lord, to say all positive things and be encouraging and be encouraged by those around me. It's in your name we pray. Amen.